On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Stan Bush. Hi, this is Stephanie Calvert. This is John Payne. This is Jack Hughes. Hey everyone, this is Britt Lightning from Vixen. Hi, I'm Carrie Stevens. Hello, I'm Kofi Baker. This is not a test. This is Play That Rock and Roll. I'm your host, Joe Kay, and today our guest is Brit Lightning from Vixen. Vixen is one of the great hair metal bands of the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, they scored big hits back then with songs like Love Made Me and How Much Love, and of course their, their most famous one, Edge of a Broken Heart. I have been a fan of theirs for a long time, and I finally got to see them for the first time this past summer at Summerfest, and they were fantastic. Uh, I wanted to have Britt on the show today because Vixen recently released a new single. The song is called Red, and it's got a new music video, too. It looks great. Now, this song is the first new material from Vixen in quite a long time, and it is supposed to be part of a new album from Vixen, which hopefully we'll see a release date sometime in 2024. That would be the first new Vixen album in like almost 20 years. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk to Britt about what Vixen has coming up and also about her time in the band. Britt joined Vixen back in 2017 and although that might not sound like a very long time ago, uh, she has taken a very prevalent role in the band. Uh, to me, she's the MVP of the group. Her guitar solos are absolutely awesome. She has a ton of energy on stage. Um, but that's not to say she outshines the rest of the band. Vixen is a really good live act. Like I said, I saw them this summer, and it was one of the best shows I saw all year. So um, I was really happy to see that they had a new single out um, just a couple weeks ago because now that I know that they're a fantastic live band, I'm really interested in seeing what this new lineup uh, can put together on a record. There's a lot of creative energy in this band, and I guess they've been working on trying to put together an album for some time now. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic threw a wrench uh, into the works for that, as it threw a wrench into the works for just about everything. Um, but there's reason to be hopeful that even more new music from Vixen will be on its way soon. So in this conversation, Britt told me about uh, the music that really inspired her uh, growing up, uh, how she got into the music industry, how she got the Vixen gig, and what it's been like playing with this current lineup of the band, and also about some of the new music that they're hoping to release uh, in 2024. So you can find Brit Lightning on Facebook and Instagram. You can find Vixen, uh, the band, on pretty much all social media platforms. And you should definitely check out their new single. It's called Red. There's a new music video for it. It looks fantastic. And when they announce some dates for 2024, if they come to your town, this is a band you do not want to miss. An absolutely great live show. One of my favorites I saw this year. 
Uh, and if you like that era of late 80s, early 90s hair metal, uh, there's very few bands from that era that are still performing at the same level that Vixen is now. So I think you definitely want to go check them out if they come to town. So uh, with that, I just want to say uh, thank you to Britt for coming on the show. It was awesome talking to her. I hope she'll come back, uh, especially if there's new uh, Vixen music to talk about uh, later down the line. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the lead guitarist of Vixen, Britt Lightning. Thank you for coming by. Uh, I saw Vixen play this year. I saw you all at Summerfest in Milwaukee. Show was outstanding. You played with uh, alongside Steven Adler, played that day. I think Queensryche was that night. My opinion, you stole the show for sure. do you, do you remember playing that gig or is this summer all kind of <laughs> no no i didn't get that drunk this summer um <laughs> but uh you know i do remember that gig because i love Summerfest. we've done it quite a few times um and uh yeah it's always a great festival great lineup and it's it's a diverse festival they've got all sorts of music there in all different stages so we we love it there absolutely yes that is a, a big that's the pride of milwaukee as far as i'm concerned as a music fan uh one of the things i noticed about that show is that Besides all the great Vixen music, I, I couldn't help but notice uh, there was some Van Halen music mixed in there. Uh, your cover of uh, Ain't Talking About Love was awesome, and I noticed the little guitar cues here and there, which I, I thought was fantastic. Is that all by design as like a, a tribute and celebration of Eddie, or is that more just, it's too much fun not to play? <laughs> a little bit of both. Well, Eddie's my favorite. He's the reason I picked up guitar to begin with. Um, so always love to do a little nod to him. Uh, and, you know, we do like to sometimes throw a cover into the set, you know, towards the end of it, if we have time. So, um, you know, every that, Van Halen's one thing everybody can agree on in the band, you know, so, you know, Roxy likes a lot of heavy stuff, you know, Lorraine likes this, that's, but everybody likes Van Halen and, you know, and never trust anybody that doesn't. That's yes. all I know. <laughs> Strongly agree. Okay. Obligatory. I'll bring up the one controversial part of Van Halen. Obligatory, stupid, uh, Sammy versus Dave. Oh man. Well, I love them both. Um, but, but you know, Dave. Yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of the right answer. Although, yeah. <laughs> you know, no shade to Sammy, right? No, no. Totally different band with Sammy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Eddie for just a little bit. I mean, you said he's your favorite. He's obviously a huge inspiration and you know, he, he is, 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 uh, legacy is very is shown through your playing. Uh, what, uh, what about him makes him so special to you? What was it about his playing that made you want to learn how to play guitar and, and get into the music scene? Well, when I first heard Eruption, um, in a store, when I was shopping with my mom, I didn't even know it was a guitar. It just blew my mind. I didn't really listen to a lot of rock and roll. I didn't have any, you know, older siblings that introduced me to rock and roll. My parents weren't super into music. So I listened to like 90s hip hop and stuff like that. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't into the grunge rock that was popular when I was growing up in the 90s, like Nirvana and stuff. It just didn't do it for me. So um, I wasn't inspired to play guitar until I heard that, until I heard Eruption. And uh, I asked somebody in the store what it was that I was hearing because I didn't even, you know, my mom didn't know. And they said, oh, that's uh, that's Van Halen. And so that day after we uh, finished running errands, I said, mom, you owe it to me to to bring me to the Newberry Comics, the record store down the street. Um, and so I bought uh, Van Halen 1 in 1984. And that's when I just decided, oh, I've got to play guitar. You know, that that was it. So, yeah, big, big inspiration. Oh, for sure. That's so cool. Yeah, I 
I you would you wouldn't know by looking at us, but you and I are about the same age, and I I wonder if you had a similar experience to me growing up with uh, the the music that that I love. I think is what you love too. Is that classic rock era, uh, which Van Halen is such a big part of. Did that kind of put you out of step with like I don't know your classmates or your friends, you know, or were you also very much into the the contemporary music that was around when we were younger? No, I wasn't into contemporary music except for uh, Metallica. You know, that was big at okay. the time. So I really got into playing Metallica. That's what me and my friends all kind of bonded over. Um, but but I was really that the hair band lover um, in our group of friends. They, you know, have having the Motley Crue shirts and all that. So, um, yeah, but but, you know, all hard rock, you know, all, all great solos. That's what inspired me to play, you know. Dimebag, um, Kirk Hammett, all those guys, you know, uh, Marty Friedman, Dave Mustaine, all, all that stuff uh, inspired me as well. Oh, OK. So a lot of the metal guys, I mean, were, were there guitarists from like different eras that, uh, you know, maybe didn't inspire you back then, but as you got older and developed your craft, you know, that you found inspiration from? Definitely. Later on, I really appreciated Jimi Hendrix, who's, you know, the best. Oh, happy uh, birthday to him today. Oh, yeah. Good point. Okay. All right. Happy birthday, Jimmy. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but, you know, David Gilmore, Santana, uh, Jimmy Page, you know, uh, Slash. I Slash I didn't appreciate till later either um, for some reason, even though I loved Guns N' Roses. I didn't really care to learn any of his. I mean, of course, I learned Sweet Child of Mine intro right off the bat. But, but other than that, I didn't really care about learning any of his solos per se. But the thing that really drew me into Eddie was his swing. I was just actually talking about this to somebody else. And I feel like Warren Martini has it too. Another one of my favorites. Um, they just have this, this kind of this swing. It's not always on the one and it's, they're kind of, they've got this groove that is just so cool and so smooth. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business. And I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, when you had that initial inspiration um, when you were still a kid, like what, and, and you decided you wanted to get into basically the music industry, like how did you set about uh, accomplishing those goals? Like what were, what were the, your first steps into the music industry? I just decided I had to be in a band and be a rock star. I just decided at 15, like, this is what I want to do. Um, so I started jamming with, um, you know, kids in my school and stuff. And I started a uh, coffee house. So every uh, once a month, uh, we would open up the school cafeteria at like 7 p.m. and have a little jam. So we started doing that. Um, and I, so I had my high school band, um, and we would rehearse in my parents' living room. Um, they were pretty cool about it. I gotta say very lucky there. They were always supportive. I think they were just happy. I wasn't doing drugs or stealing things. And, you know, I was home in their house making a lot of noise, but you know, it could be worse. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. And then, uh, I, I actually got my first, uh, 
touring, I guess you could say touring gig. I was, um, you know, I had gotten to the point where I decided that I needed a half stack for my bedroom, that the practice amp just wasn't enough. I needed a full half stack, you know, um, to rock out in front of my mirror. And uh, so I was testing out heads at one of the local music stores and the store manager heard me uh, and I was just playing Metallica because that's kind of played Metallica and Van Halen all day, every day. And um and he was like, hey, my band kind of sounds like Metallica. And we just lost our guitar player. And we're going on tour next week. We have a two-week tour, uh, DIY van style. Uh, do you want to be in the band? And I was just like, yep. Like, I didn't ask any questions. Didn't matter. I was just like, yep, I want to go on tour. So um, went home and told my parents that I was going on tour. And they were like, you can't. You're in high school. Like, what do you, you can't just go on tour. And I was like, no, no, I'm still, I'm going to get my homework in advance. I'm going to do all the homework. not going to miss a thing. And uh Somehow they let me go. You know, they 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 met these guys. They were all uh, in their you know mid twenties, and uh, they they were like, "So what goes on on this tour? What are you doing? Where are you going?" Um, but then uh, we we went as far as Baltimore. You know, I was based out in Massachusetts by Boston. Oh, okay. Went as far as Baltimore, and um, it was on that tour that I was just like. I need to do this for sure. Like it just validated everything I already knew that I would love about rock and roll. Uh, just the being able to play music out at, at, to strangers. And that that really made me think it was possible too, because of course your friends and your family are going to say, oh, you're great, you know, but you don't really know in the real world, world am I great? So playing in front of strangers um, that didn't owe me anything, you know, saying that, that it was good. I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. And uh, that combined with that sense of freedom and being on the road and, and adventure and um, traveling to different places, meeting new people. I was just like, this is definitely the path I want for my life. Wow. Okay. So like uh, that, that road lifestyle appealed to you at a pretty young age. I mean, you know, these years later, is that still the truth for you now? Or is it, is it more of a challenge? It's still the truth. I love being on the go. I love traveling. I mean, we, this past summer, we were out almost the entire summer straight. And, um, you know, at times I said, oh, I can't wait to get back home and just chill and have a chill night. But as soon as I get back home, I'm looking up road trips and booking a trip because I can't sit still. So um, I, I like to be on the road. I like to be on the go. And, uh, and you know, yeah, aside from from playing music, I really just love meeting new people and, and bonding over the, you know, mutual love of music. It's It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell there's, there's an enthusiasm that, you know, I, I, I saw with your band that you don't necessarily see with other live shows. Like sometimes you can tell when, when, when artists don't really enjoy and it's kind of a slog, but uh, not, not with Vixen. There, there was a lot of great energy <laughs> in that show. So uh, pivoting to Vixen, you joined them in 2017. How did that gig come together? So I had moved to LA recently from Boston after a tour um, finish that I was on. And I had come home to Boston in the middle of a snowstorm. And I was like, I'm over this. I'm over this weather. I don't know why I'm here. It's time to go to LA. So I moved out to LA. Um, and I just started doing the jams around town there and uh, and joined a Guns N' Roses tribute band and uh, just started playing around. And uh, Vixen's manager saw me, uh, but they were also, you know, had been asking around kind of on the down low and um, I had been referred a couple times by different people. So I think they kept hearing my name pop up again and again. And um, then they invited me down uh, to Florida for an audition and, and the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now you're a. Uh... You're you're one of the veterans. <laughs> I am now. I'm, I'm yeah, second longest member. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, that's terrific. So Vixen, you know, Vixen has that great discography in the late 80s and early 90s. Were were they one of those bands that, you know, as a kid that you got into? Or was that something you discovered later as as you got into the industry? I was into them because, um, like I said, I was really inspired by the 80s hair bands and stuff uh, in high school when I started playing guitar. And I really was looking for a female role model. And um, I loved Lita. Oh yeah. And that was cool. And then um I this was I wasn't really into the runaways at the time. That was kind of more 70s. Joan Jett was a little too punky for me. I didn't really like that. So it was really Lita and then Vixen. And I had grown up watching Gem and the Holograms. And when I discovered oh. Vixen, I was like, oh my God, like Gem and the Holograms are real. Like they were really I thought they were like the same thing. It really personified them well. And um and you know, I always uh just enjoyed playing with um female musician. So my sister, my younger sister played drums. So I always jammed with her. I had a great friend uh, in high school, my best friend, she played bass. Um, So I really just always wanted to have a female band. And I just liked the idea. You know, I always read these books about, you know, Molly Crew and Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses got these guy gangs. And I just wanted a girl gang, you know, Um, like the pink ladies, but uh, rock and roll, like real rock and roll. And uh, so the first band that I started uh, was called Jaded. And that was an all female rock band. Throughout the years, I've played in a lot of female uh, based projects and um, which kind of was foreshadowing and, and now Vixen, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you bring that up and it makes me wonder, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, uh, female artists and authors on this show over the years. And unfortunately, when you're looking back on the classic rock era, one consistent uh, challenge that they all uh, uh, faced was sexism from the industry. And Vixen, obviously, in the heyday was no stranger to that. Since you've joined or since you've gotten into the music industry, I'm sure there's still some of that, you know, around, unfortunately. But you know, how would you say, you know, you've navigated those challenges and is is sexism institutionally still a big problem for the music industry or have you seen progress in the time you've been working there? I mean, I've definitely seen more women in bands now, more girls playing guitar, especially since COVID. A lot of people picked it up and social media, you know, because you have the exposure to see other women can do it. And that gives hope to, you know, young girls doing it. They didn't know girls could play guitar, you know, until they see certain reels and things like that online. So I think it's still there and it's still a lot of guys still for some reason think girls don't know what they're doing and I don't know what that's all about but uh but it doesn't bother me you know if a guy says oh wow look at all those pedals do you even know how to set them up or can you carry can you even carry those no I can't go go for it yeah set it up for me sure like I I will use that to my advantage all day long sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you can pick up that amp sure no problem um but uh but I, I, you know, if anything, it kind of makes it fun because then you can just uh, prove them wrong. And that's always a fun challenge. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think you do. Um, so, OK, going back to, to Vixen here. So when, uh, you know, they were a favorite band of yours when you were a kid, you know, now that you're in the band, were, were the songs that you loved as a kid the ones you most love playing today? Or, uh, you know, what, what are some of the songs that you really enjoy playing on stage today? Yeah, I love How Much Love because that's just a fun riff to play and then we kind of do a little jam in the middle and we extend the outro, so that's kind of like a free form at the end and and so I enjoy that. Um, Of course, I had learned Edge of a Broken Heart back in the day and and that one never gets old because it's just so fun and everybody sings along. Um, I love playing Crying. 
Um, that's always a one that's always stuck in my head. Um, and uh, Rev It Up is always a great, we, we usually open with that and I like that. And we do a little improv sections in that. Rock Me is a cool song. Um, we, we do a breakdown in that as well. And we add in a bunch of covers uh, lately um and that so we we've been we've been doing getting to the solo section and we do a breakdown crowd interaction and we've gone into some rush and van halen and uh sabbath and white snake so that's always wow, kind you of guys, you guys play rush oh part like in the solos a little bit we we do a little bit of um oh my god wait you might have to edit this out is the song called what what you're doing is that the song what yeah what you're doing okay i'm right rush, yeah you were right yeah yeah, we do a little bit of War Pigs. We do a little bit of Silver Night, a little bit of, um, uh, what else? What else do we do? Running with the Devil. Oh, so yeah. That- I remember hearing Still of the Night at the, the Summerfest show, and that was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm not afraid to say it. I saw Summer, I saw White Snake at Summerfest a couple years before, and <laughs> you guys were way better. So. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> what songs um, What songs that you you typically play uh would you say are the most challenging or Hmm. or are they all you know back your hand at this point sometimes uh you know no they're all fun sometimes when um so we we i just want to say we don't play to any clicks backing track nothing so everything is just live um all our backing vocals and stuff sometimes uh sometimes we get a little amped up and we play everything a little bit fast and um, sometimes cruising can be real fast and it's like oh man um (laughs) so sometimes that happens oh we just added that song hellraisers into the mix too and i really like that one um we just started playing that this summer and that's got a really cool groove. It's, it's kind of heavy. Um, so I really like that one too. Um, but well, I'm guessing some of the songs from the new record might pose a little bit of a challenge. Cause maybe those aren't as, as road tested. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys build a set list? Um, you know, we kind of have one that we always start with and then we're, we think like, well, how can we make this a little more fun or let's just change things around. So we kind of start with the basic, basic one that that's like the steady, you know, one we always go to and then, and then just make a little tweaks here and there. Okay. Okay. Since you've been with Vixen specifically, or if there's one that stands out previous to your time in Vixen, what would you say of all the gigs you've played? Are there any, that are truly over the top as far as great memories for you or most meaningful? What are some of the best gigs that you, you've you played? Yeah, I have to say this summer we did the Wacken Festival in Germany, and that has been on my bucket list since I was 15, since the day I picked up the guitar. And uh, to be able to finally play that was amazing. Um, it, was, it was just crazy. We were on that big stage. It was muddy and packed, and people were just, you know, going crazy. Yeah, Lorraine stage diving and uh, just huge crowds. I think, I don't know how many thousands of people, but a lot. Um, and and that was really epic. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. And uh, and I love going overseas because, you know, p- p- people don't see you as often or you're not as accessible over there. And so they're really excited to see, you know, really great fans over there. And then right after that, we played a festival in um, Sweden, which was also awesome in this beautiful little town. Um, so those are both two great back-to-back festivals that really stood out for me this summer. Yeah, because Vixen has a pretty strong international fan base, right? It's not just the U.S. I mean, are you, do, you, do you have a big following in Japan as well? Yeah, although you know what? We we haven't been there, so 
that's on the to-do list for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to get over there with the band because um, I know there's a lot of fans. We get a lot of messages from, from people over there. Oh, absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, then uh, the, what's the flip side of that? Not necessarily like a bad gig, but do you have any uh, funny uh, horror stories of the road or any, <laughs> any, any gigs gone wrong or anything like that that you can think of? Yeah. One scary gig that just comes to mind. So we've got that, uh, live record live fire that we recorded in 20 you know it came out in 2018 i feel like we recorded it though in 2017 at the end of 2017 because i had just kind of joined the band and and then i felt like we went right into recording this this live record and we did that at the arcata theater in saint charles illinois one of my favorite venues love that place beautiful old theater and um and we were playing with Slaughter that night, but we were we were going on first and they were going to record it for the for the live record. And um, I remember the gear truck broke down and we were using the same back line as Slaughter. And so it didn't show up on time for a sound check. And, you know, it was really frightening to do a, a, a live record without that. And I think I had some pedals that were there, too. And so I didn't have my pedals. So oh I ended up gosh. using... Uh, Jeff Lando's pedals and uh, the, the gear got there in the nick of time for the show to start, but there was no sound check, no nothing. And a couple of those songs I hadn't played live with the band. I think the first time I ever played love is a killer was, was at that show. And, uh, and we, we didn't rehearse it. We didn't rehearse some live endings, like extended live endings. I think, I think I had only been playing like 30, 45 minute sets with the band. And then this was, you know, the full album. So um, I remember, you know, how much love we did that extended outro and I didn't know how long to go. I wasn't sure who was given the cue and all these things. So, uh, the fact that we didn't get a sound check to go over all that really freaked me out. So I was very nervous for that. Um, I mean, it all, I think it worked out well in the end. I like that record. So, um, everybody was happy with it. So it worked out, but that was, that was pretty frightening. Oh um, man. Yeah. That, yeah, that 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 is a strong live album. I listened to that earlier this year. I really enjoyed it. it but it, you know, it, it brings a, another Van Halen reference to my head. Uh, the phrase "live without a net." Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just just go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I'll have to give that a re-listen and, and 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 see you know how it sounds. But I'm sure it's great. So <laughs> that's very fun. Um, Okay, well, let's talk about, uh, you know, why I initially wanted to have you on. I saw that Vixen has a new single out, and there's news that there's going to finally be a new Vixen album next year, right? I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, we've got ideas in the works. Um, right now, we're just kind of focusing on putting out singles. Okay. Uh, but we hope that eventually all those singles will come together and we'll release a full album. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, you know, the, the single red that you put together. Uh, is that something, you know, is that, uh, tell me about the collaborative process of uh, making the song itself. I mean, who writes it and, you know, how do you all work together in the studio? Because this is going to be the, the first studio project that you're a part of. Correct. Well, kind of. We uh, we did on that Live Fire record, we worked with Michael Wagner. We went in the studio and we did record two studio tracks. We did an acoustic version of Edge of a Broken Heart. And then we did a song called You Ought to Know, which was actually an older song that Vixen had had back in the day, but it was never, uh, you know, officially recorded. Oh, I, I didn't know there was it was that was a, you know, from the archives. OK, they're very cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, this was cool. We worked with Fred Corey on this. And uh, this one, though, we weren't all together in the studio. 
uh, we all went in separately. Um, so, you know, Roxy's in Detroit and then um, Lorraine is, you know, up in, in Palm Springs and then uh, Julia and I are, are in L.A. Um, but we both went into the studio separately and uh, just recorded our tracks. So uh, I actually I hope the next one we can all be together because it's it's a different vibe when you're all in there together. But I think the energy was still captured really well on, on Red. Oh, yeah. No, there was a lot of energy on that track. And it's a fun music video, too. So do you have other singles recorded or is that still a work in progress? It's still a work in progress. Uh, we got a lot of ideas floating around. It's just, uh, you know, deciding which direction we want to go in, if we were going to do another ballad or, you know, uh, yeah. So in, in the works. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that, you know, Hey, uh, one new single is better, much better than no new singles. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's good news. Okay. Well, what are some of the things you like about the studio that you don't necessarily get to enjoy on stage? Is there a difference, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, working with the the engineers in the studio and 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 playing on stage. What are what are the dynamics that you like about the studio? Well, I love being in the studio because of the freedom, the freedom to try anything, different sounds, different amps, different guitars, um, and just getting creative. I mean, the weirder things you can come up with, the cooler sometimes. You know, like oh, I remember um, with Michael Wagner, he was like. Oh, here's a razor blade. Why don't you make some noise with this and tap this on the pickups or do? You know, we were just playing with toys anything that we saw in the studio just for fun um and when you're not on a, a big time crunch it's it's good that you can have that freedom to explore um but then you know with with the live stuff it's just like get ready and go um and, but you know i improv less live than i do in the studio because studio you can fix anything you want so um and you can try things over and over so uh I don't know. I, I like them both, but obviously the live energy is more fun than sitting in the studio. Sometimes you just sit in a studio for hours and hours and then you leave and it's dark outside and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I was just sitting in one place for that long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, man, I don't know how record engineers do it. Just do that day in and day out. I couldn't do that. But, uh, but I, I really love the creative process uh, of being in the studio, but especially being in the studio with the full band all together. Cause that's really when the fun, the fun happens, the magic happens. Are you, I, I've heard that you, you know, have set a goal that you want to record a solo album at some point. Um, you know, talk to me about songwriting. Is is songwriting going to, is your songwriting going to be a part of the upcoming Vixen releases? Are they collaborations or, or do you have material prepped for some uh, a solo project? Well, I hope so. Um you know, I, yeah, I enjoy writing. I, I, I collaborated a lot with Lorraine because she lives close to me, you know, came up with some ideas with Julia. Um, and then I, I send, I'll record things randomly and send them back and forth to Roxy or she'll come up with a beat. And so we send a lot back and forth. So it's always pretty collaborative. One of my favorite things when we were all in a rehearsal space together once, um, Roxy said, you know, everybody just don't bring in any ideas that you had from the past. I'm going to play a beat and everybody just jump in. And I, I like doing stuff like that um, because it's really in the moment and and real and not uh, overthought, you know, because it's just whatever happens. And, and then we kind of take it from there. So I like when we write stuff like that. Um, and uh, but, yeah, I have some ideas that are not really Vixen that I would like to get out there. So um yeah, I, I I hope to. I know I've been saying it for a couple of years now, but I really hope. I think this is the year that I'm definitely going to uh, put something new out. So I'm excited about that. 
Oh, excellent. Excellent. I can't wait to hear that. And I like what you said, uh, overthought. I, I bet that's a challenge that a lot of recording artists, you know, kind of forget about, you know, is, if it's they're dwelling on it for too long. But OK, well, let's talk about um, before we get out of here. You, you know, the, the show I saw this summer, um, you know, was just so great. Uh, and, and Vixen is a band with a, a long history and a lot of great alumni through it. Uh, but as we said earlier, you know, you joined in 2017, but, you, you know, you're the second uh, most tenured member. Um, Roxy's the OG, then you, Lorraine joins in 2019, and, and Julia joined just last year. But you wouldn't guess it by seeing you guys play on stage because there's such great chemistry and the energy is up. Can you talk about specifically this group, the dynamic that this group has that makes, uh, you know, touring so much fun for you and 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 playing together? Why, why does this combination of Vixen work so well? Yeah, well, Julie and I have been friends for a long time. I, I met her when I first moved to L.A. and we've worked on projects together in the past. So we always had great chemistry. Um, and then when I met Lorraine, I just felt like I had known her for forever. She just, we just clicked immediately and, and really, I mean, we speak definitely every day, all day, every day, pretty much. Um, and, and just, and then Roxy, of course, you know, uh, who I had known, uh, the longest, um, well, I knew Julia longer, but, you know, but had been playing with Roxy and this band, just this lineup, all the lineups have been amazing. I mean, uh, and I love Cher and Janet and, um, still keep in touch with everybody. The beautiful thing about Vixen is we've always all gotten along, um, you know, oh, ever since, from ever since I've been in the band, like I, as far as I know, you know, um, we all really enjoy each other, respect each other. And uh, yeah. And, and, and like spending time and hearing about each other's lives and stuff. So it's not just like we're on stage, let's get along and get through this. It's never like that. Right. Um, <laughs> in this particular lineup, like I said, I'm, uh, you know, before it's been spread out, like Cher lived in Florida, Janet was in Connecticut, Roxy was in Detroit. But now the th at least three of us now are, are in L.A. So oh. we have a little bit more time to bond and, and really gel together and get to know each other. And I think that comes across a lot on stage. And uh, and I love Lorraine's energy on stage. She's like our David Lee Roth. And uh, like <laughs> I said, I don't think any guys even jumped out on stage at Vakken and crowd surfed. She's just a badass. And uh, the whole band is all badass. Everybody's so good at their instruments and uh and so much fun and like we truly have a love for each other so that's why it makes it so easy yeah I, that that really shows through and that's what makes it such a fun and i i can't wait to to see you all play again uh you know so congratulations on the new single uh i'm so encouraged and excited for the 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 new singles you're going to have later this year mostly because like you know since you've been in vixen like i said earlier primarily alive uh act but you know there's a lot of us fans who are are really uh interested in hearing your creative uh input we want to hear what what you can create instead of um you know playing parts that were written before you know this this leads to another question um you know because so much of vixen's discography was recorded before you ever joined the band you know how do you thread that needle of playing the music that in in a way that's faithful to the records but also making it a Brit Lightning solo, you know, how, how do you make established music your own? Well, you know, I, I learned early on, I'm never going to sound just like Jimi Hendrix. I'm never going to sound just like, you know, any of these great uh, people that I look up to. I'll never be Eddie Van Halen. Exactly. So uh, I learned to embrace my um, things that make me me. And, um, you know, you play to your strengths and, and, and that's, 
you know, all you can do. So I'm not going to play everything exactly like Janet. I definitely know the key hooks and phrases and things that I have to make sure that I I stick with so that it it has the integrity that she, you know, put down initially. But, um, but I do make it my own. If, if, if she does this lick legato, but I, I'm better at picking it, I'll pick it. You know, um, I just put my own techniques, my own natural way of playing, um, over it and then and then i do take liberties when we do improv sections to just kind of make it my own um and i think you know i try to keep true you know a good tone um but it's not exactly like like jan's but um you know so and i play a different guitar than she did so there's all these you know very little nuancey things that make, make things different but i think as long as you get the main concept uh but adding your own embellishments i think is cool because um you know, anybody can just listen to the record and have it sound just like that. That's why I love going to live shows because, you know, I love when they don't play things just like the record. They add add elements to make it exciting and new for, for longtime listeners. Absolutely. That is exactly why I enjoy concerts myself. I go to, you know, dozens of concerts every year. And, you know, not, not to say that I dislike artists that play it really safe and really close to the record, but it's always more fun when you see that, uh, you know, artists being a little more original with, you know, familiar work. So I, I appreciate, uh, you know, how you play uh, with that. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, I saw that you are nominated for an award that, and you're going to be honored next year at the uh, She Rocks Awards uh, for your work with the, the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Is that right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. That was unexpected, but um, that's going to be a really fun uh, event at the NAM show um, in January, January 25th. And uh, there's so many amazing artists that are going to be honored uh, along with me. So I'm I'm so grateful to be in the in the mix with all of them. Congratulations! Um, is that part of is is that uh, you know, due to uh, your work over the 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 COVID pandemic? You know that had to do with. Uh, you did like, can you talk a little bit about, you did like just a huge amount. I remember seeing this stuff on Facebook too. You were doing uh, uh, like Zoom sessions. You had these other rock stars coming in. You know, can you talk a little bit about uh, your work in that era? Because you are someone I think of who made the most out of a really challenging time for the whole music industry. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah. So, you know, I had just started working with Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in 2019. And, uh, you know, I was a counselor at the camps, but then started working closely with David Fish off the founder and, uh, you know, working to plan new camps and come up with new ideas and take it to the next level. And then boom, COVID hit. And, uh, you know, so it was like a weekend. And once we saw that it wasn't really going away, we we're like, OK, we got to think of something to keep this this brand alive and to keep keep us motivated and inspired and not lose hope. and. Um, so I started hosting these online masterclasses. I did almost 200. Um, I was doing them a lot. And, and some of them, we did multiple ones in a day. And it was it, it was really fun. I, I think I worked harder during COVID than, than I do now. But um, but it was a lot of work, but it was fun. And I got to say, too, I, I ended up networking with more people, meeting more people during COVID than I do in my daily life because you know, people were home, they were available. Um, and they, nobody, nobody was busy. Nobody had plans. I mean, we're all sitting around doing things. And so we started doing these, uh, masterclasses where, you know, we'd just talk to artists and, um, 
I'd interview them a bit and we'd have people come on and ask them questions. And it was so different than like a typical meet and greet or something um, where you just, you know, quickly take a picture and sign something and you're shuffled out. I mean, we were on online with these people for over an hour. Uh, It it was kind of just like sitting in the living room with them and talking real time live. Everything was live. Nothing was pre-recorded, And it was interesting to talk to these artists and get their take on on what was going on in the world. I mean, I remember Roger Daltrey saying, I don't know if I'll ever step on a stage again. I have no idea. You know, everything was so uncertain. And it was cool, too, because the artists weren't promoting a certain record or tour. It it was just them being real and real talk. And we talked about everything, not just music, you know, like life stuff. And it was it was just fascinating. And um David and I talked about releasing a, a book, you know, with all everything we learned uh, from from all the rock stars uh, during COVID, um, just because we got so much great information. But we had, like I said, people from Roger Daltrey, Joe Elliott. Um, we had managers like Shep Gordon. Um, and we had Alice Cooper, too. We had uh, agents. Uh, we had uh, Jason Flom, you know, president of uh, Lava Records. So we had all sorts of people come in and just share um, share their their wisdom and uh, and give us all hope, uh, you know, of and, and share ideas about how we, we were going to get through it all. Absolutely. And that was a time where uh, especially musicians needed some positivity because I know that was a really challenging time. I talked to a lot of touring musicians, uh, you know, over that stretch and, you know, some of them are really hurting. So. Uh, yeah, I love that. That is so cool. And I know that rock and roll fantasy camp is making a lot of, you know, people's dreams come true and, uh, so cool to see that stuff. So, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. It has been an absolute blast meeting you. It was so much fun seeing, uh, Vixen play this summer. I can't wait to see you again. And I can't wait to hear the new music that's coming in 2024. When, when the album does drop, I hope you'll come back and visit us again. Absolutely. I enjoyed talking to you and I uh, guess can't wait to return back to Milwaukee and uh, yeah, looking, looking forward to all of it. 2024. It's going to be a good year for everybody. All right. Hell yeah. One <laughs> last thing before we go. Uh, this is going to be released a couple weeks before Christmas. I don't know if you like Christmas music or not, but give us a great Christmas uh, song recommendation for the holidays. What's a good song for a Christmas playlist? I mean, definitely Keith Richards, Run Run Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> excellent okay all right well thanks Britt this has been a real joy Uh, you know best wishes to you for next year and have a great holiday thank you same to you enjoyed talking with you okay hey thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode please remember the big four things you can do to support this show that don't cost a dime number one listen to the show If you're hearing this now, that means you did this part already. Thank you! There is an infinite amount of content out there, so you choosing to spend some time listening to this show means a great deal to me. Number two, if you like what we did here, please recommend this show to family, friends, or anyone you know who's looking for a podcast, particularly about music. Share our links in Facebook groups, subreddits, and recommendation threads. Whatever you can do is highly appreciated. Number three, find us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at PlayThatPodcast. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PlayThatPodcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash C slash PlayThatRockNRoll. 
Lots of great material like photos and vlogs on all three platforms, as Play That Rock and Roll is very much meant to be a content hub as well as a podcast. And finally, the big ask. Number four, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I know this part is a hassle, but it really does help the show a great deal. Not just because it affects the algorithm, but also because it gives me something I can point to when pitching this show to potential guests. The more social media followers and positive ratings the show has, the better chance I have for booking high-profile guests for interviews. So if you take a moment to give us even just a five-star rating, you are actively giving us a tool to do bigger, better things here. But whatever the case, I appreciate any and all efforts you take to support us here at Play That Rock and Roll. Be sure to join us next time for more great stories and music from the world of classic rock. to achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.